Thank you for listening to Life Church Podcast. For more information, go to lifechurchofcolumbia.org. I want to deal with a subject this morning that I'm going to title A Friendly Reminder. And I want to welcome all the guests that are here. Welcome to Life Church. If you don't have a home church, you do now. Amen. Appreciate you being here. Ain't that right, Life Church? Let's give them all a great big. You are so welcome. Amen. Grab your Bibles and open with me to the book of 2 Peter chapter number 3 and or your phones or whatever. Open it up. and I'm going to preach a little different this morning. Uh, actually just going to try to preach the letter that Peter wrote. Uh, and I hope today, I've prayed that I could preach this message with the same spirit that it was written. Uh, Peter, he's a, he's a man after my own heart. Uh, I like old Peter. Peter was a man's man. He was a, a business owner. He forsook all and followed Jesus. Uh, sometimes Peter let his mouth overrun his mind. Uh, he spoke what he, what he thought But he ended up being a father in the faith. And uh, he wrote this letter from the heart of a father. And uh, so I want you to just pray for me today as I preach that I can deliver this message in that same spirit. Uh, Are you in 2 Peter? 2 Peter, I'm going to go ahead and announce it now in case I forget that there will be no uh, evening service here tonight. Uh, We have a QA and a planned, but a lot of our leaders are out, so we're going to hold off on that so there'll be no service here tonight, so I can preach as long as I want today, right? No, I done gave Stephen my word. He said he'd come today if I'd preach a short sermon, and he's here, so (laughs) thank you, brother. Uh, I tell you what, before we jump into 2 Peter, I didn't give Josh these scriptures, but I want you to know the heart of this. Uh, Turn uh, back to chapter number 1, 2 Peter 1. Uh, and I want to read a, a, a couple scriptures there. Um, as a matter of fact, I'm going to jump around in these scriptures, Josh, so you probably, you probably won't be able to follow me. Uh, but I want you to listen to the heart of Peter. In 2 Peter 1 and 12, he said, Wherefore, I will not be negligent to put you always in remembrance of these things though you know them and be established in the present truth. So you got the heart of the Father saying, I'm just going to remind you some things you already know. And you're already walking in. Uh, there's, there's no condemnation in his letter. There's no, you know, just, just rebuking people. But he's telling his children, and, and this letter's not going out to a certain city like Ephesus or, or Coloss or, or Thessalonica. It's just going out to the believers. And listen to the heart of Peter. He said, I will not be negligent to put you in remembrance of these things, though you know them and you are established in the present truth. 13 says, yea, I think it's meet or proper as long as I'm in this, (coughs) excuse me, as long as I'm in this tabernacle to stir you up by putting you in remembrance. Uh, If you're looking, scanning down your Bible, look down at 14 and 15. This powerful concept. He said, knowing that shortly I must put off this tabernacle even as our Lord Jesus Christ has showed me. 
You hear what he's saying? He said, Jesus has done told me I'm about to die. Uh, and, and, and Peter got crucified upside down. Matter of fact, the historians say when they started to crucify Peter, he said, I'm not worthy to be crucified like my Lord. Turn me upside down. Uh, so here he is. I mean, I wonder what we would have been doing. Would we have been crying, oh, Jesus, deliver me, deliver me. He said, he said, the Lord has shown me that I'm about to be put to death. Look at verse number 15. He said, but so moreover, I will endeavor that you may be able after my decease to have these things always in remembrance. In other words, I'm about to die, but I'm going to make sure you remember the words of the Lord. I'm going to do whatever I have to to get this stuff written down just for you. What a man. Okay, uh, with that thought in mind, uh, look now at 2 Peter chapter number 3, beginning in verse number 1. A lot of scriptures here, but I'm going to come back and try to preach them uh, this morning. 2 Peter chapter number 3 and verse number 1. It says, This second epistle, beloved, I now write unto you, in both which I stir up your pure minds by way of remembrance, that you may be mindful of the words which were spoken before by the holy prophets and of the commandments of us, the apostles, and of our Lord Jesus Christ. Knowing this first, stay with me now in these scriptures, don't let me lose you. Knowing this first, that there shall come in the last days scoffers, which means mockers, walking after their own lusts. And this is what they're going to be saying. They're going to be saying, where is the promise of Jesus coming? For since the fathers have died, all things continue as they were from the beginning of the creation. For this they willingly are ignorant of, that by the word of God the heavens were of old, and the earth standing out of the water and in the water, whereby the world that then was, being overflowed with water, perished. It's kind of hard to understand right there. But what Peter's telling us right there, he said that they're going to come saying, where is the coming of the Lord? And he said they don't even realize that the world's done been destroyed one time with water and it will be destroyed again with fire. He said, but the heavens and the earth, which are now, verse number seven, by the same word are kept in store, reserved unto fire against the day of judgment and perdition of ungodly men. But beloved, be not ignorant of this one thing, that one day is with the Lord as a thousand years, and a thousand years as one day. The Lord is not slack concerning His promise, as some men count slackness, but He is long-suffering to usward, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. He said, but the day of the Lord will come, as a thief in the night, in which the heavens shall pass away with a great noise, and the elements shall melt with a fervent heat, the earth also and the works that are therein shall be burned up. He says, seeing things, seeing then that all these things shall be dissolved, what manner of person ought you to be in all holy conversation and godliness? Looking for and hasting until the coming of the day of God, wherein the heavens being on fire shall be dissolved, and the elements shall melt with fervid heat. Nevertheless, we, according to his promise, 
Look for the new heavens and the new earth wherein dwelleth righteousness. Wherefore, beloved, seeing that you are looking for such things, be diligent that you may be found of him in peace without spot and blameless. And account that the long-suffering of our Lord is salvation. Even as our beloved brother Paul, also according to the wisdom given unto him, hath written unto you. Uh, I want to work these scriptures just a little while. You know, there's this old saying, uh, out of sight, out of mind, right? So it's just human nature. No, how, no matter how important something is, it's human nature for us to forget the things that are not continually brought to our attention. And this is what this whole letter was about that Peter wrote. He said, I'm writing this letter to stir you up by way of remembrance. He said, my goal of this letter is to stir you up by reminding you what was said by the prophets, what was said by the apostles, and what was said by Jesus Christ himself. Peter said in this letter, he said, I know that shortly I'm about to die. I'm about to be put to death. I'm, a, I'm about to become a martyr for Jesus Christ. He said, but I think it's proper as long as I'm still in this body, amen, to stir you up by putting you in remembrance of the things that Jesus said about his coming back. So he begins to remind the believers of a message that Jesus himself preached uh, in the book of Matthew. In the book of Matthew, chapter number 24, Jesus began to preach this message. He said, but of that day and hour knows no man. No, not the angels of heaven, but my Father only. He said, but as the days of Noah were, so shall it also be at the coming of the Son of Man. He said, for is in the days of Noah they were, that were before the flood, they were eating, they were drinking, they were marrying, they were given in marriage until the day that Noah entered into the ark. And they knew not until the flood came and took them all away. So shall also the coming of the Son of Man be. Then shall be two in the field, one shall be taken and the other left. Two women will be grinding at the meal. The one shall be taken and the other left. Watch therefore, for you know not what hour the Lord doth come. He said, this is why you must stay alert, because no one knows the day nor the hour that the Lord will come. Jesus kept on preaching and said, but realize this, if a homeowner had known what time of night the burglar would come to rob his house, he would have been alert and he would have been ready and not let his house be robbed. So always be ready, alert, and prepared because at an hour when you're not expecting him, the Son of Man will come. Jesus was saying in his sermon, I can't tell you when I'm coming back because even I don't know when I'm coming back. Only the Father knows. He said, but I can tell you what it's going to be like at the time of my returning. It's going to be just like when my father destroyed the world with the flood. 
He said they were eating, they were drinking, they were getting married, they were giving their children to be married, they were working, they were making a living, they were building their business, they were going to ball games, they were watching their kids grow up, they were hanging out with friends, they were just living life. Amen. They were just busy about life. Amen. The problem is, Jesus said, they got so busy with life that they forgot what Noah said. Amen. Uh, not even doing bad things or wrong things, if you will. Getting married. Amen. Uh, going to their children's weddings and their children uh, getting married and making a living and creating business and going about life. Amen. But they got so busy with life, they forgot that Noah said. They forgot God said it's going to flood. It's going to flood. For 120 years, they heard the man of God preach, it's going to flood. Amen. And I have provided an opportunity for you to escape the damnation that's coming upon this world. They just got so busy that they forgot to get on the boat. Look to your neighbor and tell them, don't forget. Eat up. Don't forget. Amen. They got so busy, they forgot to get on the boat. And I'm sure, Kobe, I'm sure, amen. You know, a lot of times we preach they were rebellious and, and obviously they were to a certain degree, but I'm sure, amen, that some of them had the best intentions to get on that boat. Is anybody in this place? Amen. They had intentions. Amen. They just got so busy. Isn't it amazing how tomorrow is always a better day? Am I the only one? Tomorrow's a better day to finish that project. Tomorrow's a better day to get that job done. Tomorrow is a better day. Tomorrow I'm going to do that in a minute. Uh, in a minute, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do that. I'm sure that they heard the word. They knew the word. Amen. Uh, they saw preparations being made and they had full intentions. Amen. But they got so busy, they forgot to get on the boat. And Jesus said they didn't even realize. They were so wrapped up in the everyday life of busyness that they didn't even realize until the flood came and it swept them all away. He said, so shall also the coming of the Son of Man be. So what Jesus was saying is, I can't tell you when I'm coming back. He said, the Father's even withheld it from me. The angels don't know. I don't know. He said, but I can tell you this. I can tell you what it's going to be like. It's going to be at the most unexpected time you have ever known. <laughs> May I submit to you that we are probably living in the most unexpected time in American history. Uh, can I just get a witness on that? Amen. Especially for you old folks like me that's been around a while. Amen. Our fathers and our grandfathers may have had an expectation of the coming of Christ. But we're now living in a generation that seems to have no expectation whatsoever that there is a Christ and that he is coming. 
Oh, y'all pray for me. Amen. And Jesus said, I'm going to tell you how you can know. Amen. I'm going to tell you how you can know. Amen. Peter, people says, you know, uh, uh, Bill, they used to scare me to death when I was a kid. You came up in the church too. Amen. And then start preaching. When you see wars and rumors of wars, you better head to the church. Amen. When you see nation rising against nation. Amen. And Jesus said, that's true. Amen. And look at the world we live live in. Amen. But that's been going on a long time. But Jesus throwed something out there that tweaked my, my attention. It caught my attention. He said, no, how you're really going to know that the time is near, how you're really going to know that we're in a season, amen, is that there will be no expectation for the coming of the Lord. Amen. I submit to you, not only is your average sinner out there not expecting the Lord to come, but I'm afraid we forgotten in the body of Christ that Jesus did say I'm coming back to get my church. Is anybody in this place? So Jesus said, I'm going to tell you how you can uh, know that this is the most unexpecting time in America. And I'll use his scripture or his words. Jesus said, but realize this. If a homeowner had known what time of night the burglar would come to rob his house, he would have been alert. He would have been ready. Amen. So, uh, and not left his house to be robbed. So always be alert. Be ready. Be prepared, Jesus said. Because at an hour when you're not expecting him, Jesus, he said, the son of man will come. He said, if the landowner would have been expecting the burglar to come, he would have been making preparations. He would have established safeguards around his house. He would have pulled his children up close to him. He would have prepared the whole house for an impending invasion. But because he was so unexpecting, amen, because he just thought it's never happened before, so it's probably not going to happen now, he said, because he was not made no preparations. Amen. Jesus said, you will be able to tell how unexpected people are by their lack of preparation. They'll be going about life as if Jesus is never going to return. Oh my God, is anybody in this place? Huh? Am I preaching about the world that we live in? Amen. Not bad people, good people. Amen. That just not, might not be in the right relationship with Jesus Christ. Living life like life goes on forever. Amen. Living life like there is no coming of the Messiah. 1 John 3 and 2, it says, Beloved, now we are the sons of God. And it does not yet appear what we shall be. But we know that when Jesus appears, we're going to be like him. For we shall see him as he is. Listen, and every man that has this expectation in him purifies himself. Even as he is pure. He said, in other words, every man with an expectation of the appearing of Jesus Christ will be living his life just like Jesus. He said, this is how you'll know if we're expecting that we are the bride and he is the bridegroom and he's anticipating coming back to marry his bride, which is the church of the living God. Amen. Our expectation will have us live in our life according to the word of God. Is anybody in this house with me according to the will of God? Amen. 
He said, in, uh, uh, in, in, in the text I'm preaching to you today, he said, so beloved, since you are expecting these things, be eager. Since you're expecting that Christ is coming back, since you're expecting the return of the Lord, <laughs> he said, be eager to be found in him and his coming without spot and blemish and at peace with God. Peter is saying that if there was an expectation of the coming of the Christ, we would be cleaning house. Amen. I know all of you are immaculate house cleaners, but does anybody clean house when company's coming? Beside me and Patty? Uh, uh, I, mean, I mean, I know your house is clean, but there's still that little extra picking up this and extra picking up that. Amen. And it didn't bother you that them drawers was laying there for two days. Amen. But now that, that come, oh, I ain't the only one. Amen. But now that company's over, you're going to pick up that, that, that plate that you left there. Are you listening to me? Amen. You're, 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 you're going you're gonna to shuffle things around. Why? Because you're expecting guests. Amen. I don't know why Patty did it the other day for these two knuckleheads. Amen. But Kobe and Taylor come to eat with us and she got out the fine china. And John said, what are you thinking? It's Kobe. Amen. I got to have matching glasses. I said, them solos match. They're all red. Are you listening to me? But, uh, are you following me? But we'll make preparations because we got company coming. And, and that's what Peter's saying. He said, if you were really expecting Jesus... If you were really expecting him, you'd be cleaning up our TVs. We'd be cleaning up our vocabulary. Is anybody in this place? Amen. Are we even expecting the coming of the Lord? Amen. I know they was an out of balance. I'll get to it in a minute. Amen. Where preachers used to preach it so hard, nobody would even do anything for Jesus. They just thought we got to hunker down and get ready. Amen. And we may have been out of balance, but I declare we, the pendulum has swung the other way and we have forgot to remind ourselves that he is coming back. Amen. Are y'all okay? He said, if there was an expectation that Jesus was coming, amen, you would be making sure that them little spots that you used to overlook, you'd be scratching them off, amen. Uh, I got grandbabies in glass doors, amen, and they constantly got grandbaby marks on them. Somebody say, thank you, Jesus, amen. And they don't bother me a bit until company's coming over, and then I'm after the spots. Is anybody in this play? If we really expected Jesus to come, I just wonder if them little spots we left in our mind and attitudes. Y'all ain't gonna help me, so I'm just gonna shout myself, help me, Stephen. Come on, you need to come and sit on me. Amen. Are you listening to me? If we were expecting him to come, then things would probably change around our house. Can I get a witness? He said, if we were expecting him to come, amen, you would probably be, you'd probably, if you were really expecting Jesus to come, he said, you would probably be, you would probably, it'll come out in a minute in English, I hope, amen, you, you'd probably be having conversations with your children that you've never had before. Come on, somebody, amen. If you really believe that Jesus would come one day, whether it's in your lifetime or your children's lifetime, amen, that we might be more worried about their spiritual condition than their basketball schedule. Oh, it's a tough crowd today. 
but I'm going to preach. Amen. Are you listening to me? I just wonder if we lived our lives. Amen. Not in escapism. I'm not for escapism. I'm not. Amen. I'm going to prove to you in a minute that you should never pray. Come Lord Jesus. Amen. But let's never forget. Amen. That that is the sum total of this thing or that is the consummation of this thing. It's Christ leaving that world, coming to this world to establish an eternity of a Garden of Eden. Amen. And whether you're looking for it or not, I can prove to you by Scripture that Jesus is anticipating the day to come and be united with you. Wow. Have you ever thought about it from that perspective? Tell your neighbor, don't forget. So Peter said, I just come to stir you up a little bit because sometimes, am I right about it? Come on, just be honest with me. Amen. Our feelings and emotions kind of just go down and we get wrapped up with life. Huh? Come on, don't look at me like that now. Help me here. It's my first Sunday back. Take it easy on me. Amen. Uh, uh, and, and we just forget and we just get busy and our life starts getting spotty. <laughs> Amen. And our lives, spiritual lives start getting dusty. Is anybody in this place? So Peter said, uh, uh, Jesus just told me I'm about to die so the last thing I'm going to do is remind you of everything Jesus said that he is coming back I need you to high five your neighbor right now and tell him he's coming back so I want you to ask yourself this question before I go on amen uh, what would change in your life if you thought Jesus was coming tomorrow what would change in your life if you thought Jesus was coming today? I wonder if that fight with your spouse would matter if you thought Jesus was coming today. I'm coming for y'all. You hear me? I'm loosening up now. I'm getting brave. I'm coming for you. Amen. What would change? What, what, what conversations would change? What relationships would change? What activity would change? Amen. Is anybody in Life Church this morning? What activity was changed if you knew that Jesus was coming back tomorrow? Well, guess what? I don't know if he's coming back. Matter of fact, I can't know. Jesus himself said, I don't know. It's into the heart of the Father. Amen. I finished show you why he hadn't come back yet. Amen. It's in the heart of the Father. Amen. But I believe this is another reason. What love would it be? What relationship would it be with Christ if I knew he was coming on March? What's today? What's today? If I knew he was coming on March the 9th, he's coming Monday at 12 o'clock. Amen. So I'm going to do what I want to do, how I want to do it. I'm going to get all this in. And then Monday morning, I'm going to get right with God and I'm catching that first load out of here. Amen. What love would that be? Jesus didn't build this thing on fear and love. Amen. He said, it's a parable. He said, I want you to be like the expecting bride. Amen. I want you to be like the bride and she's making preparations uh, and she's getting her best clothes. Oh, my daughters, when they got married, amen, we spent hours. Well, they spent hours. <laughs> amen. And little eyebrows that didn't matter yesterday now have got to be plucked. <laughs> Are you following me? Huh? Did you do that for him? All oh, the pain you went through for Lord help her Jesus. <laughs> Pretty as she is. 
Huh? Are, are, are you following me? Everything. Matter of fact, you do your face every day. You do your hair every day. But on wedding day, someone else has to come in. Huh? huh? <laughs> yeah. Someone else has to come in. And while they're coming in, I'm having to dig in my wallet. Huh? We're digging in our wallet because it costs so much to get you ready, amen, for the greatest day of your life. Is anybody in this place, amen? He said that's the way it is with the true bride and the bridegroom, amen, because he's coming, amen. Old Kobe's coming and he's going to sweep me off my feet. So I got to be the best I've ever been. Is anybody in this place? I got to have no spots, no wrinkles, no blemishes in this dream on my face it's got to be right why because the one I love is coming to get me he said that's what Christian he yeah he said that's the gospel of the kingdom amen it ain't a terror tactic it ain't a fear tactic amen it's about us loving a savior so much that every day Taylor amen it's like wedding day every day I'm making sure oh God, that was real. Amen. Every day, yes, I'm going to work. Yes, I'm still going to ball games. Yes, I'm still hanging out with friends. But in the midst of it all, every day could be it could be wedding day. It could be the day that the Lord and Savior comes, amen, to get his bride. And when he comes, I want to be found without spot or blemish. I just want to be found holy. Amen. I, I got to keep this short. Amen. But I'm tempted to go preach on them five wise and the five foolish. And five wise was ready when he came. They had all in their lamp. They were ready. Amen. Because they knew the bridegroom could come at any minute. They just did not know when. And it was an honor to the bride, the groom. It was an honor to the groom that they were ready when he got there. You know that well, you know what it was saying? I love you. <laughs> Amen. You are my life. And I've went through all this trouble and all this experience because I knew you were coming. I didn't know when you was coming, but I knew it. Knew you was coming. If we were expecting to Jesus come back, I wonder if we would make di different decisions about how our children are being raised. I just wonder if we would be saying, "No, no, 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 no! I can't, I can't, I can't, I can't lead them down there." And and just instead of expecting some children's church <laughs> pastor, thank God for ours, we got the best. Amen. I need to know myself. Amen. Because I don't want to leave you behind. Amen. I got to move on. Is anybody listening? I wonder if it would change conversation. Amen. But it seems like that we're living in such an unexpected time. Amen. That, that, that we're just going about life and we're just going on and life is rolling on. Amen. And, uh, but Peter goes on to explain why. Why? Why has people lost their expectation of the coming of Jesus? It's all right here coming from the heart of a father. And he's trying to stir them up by way of remembrance. Amen. I've always been iffy about preachers who use this fire and fear tactics to get somebody saved. You know, I mean, I don't know. I don't put a whole lot of stock in it. But I do know Peter said, I come to, to stir up means to agitate. I come to agitate some emotions in you to shake us out of our complacency to realize it's going to happen. It's going to happen. Are you with me, Life Church? 
and, 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 and uh, he said, let me, let me explain to you why people have lost their expectation. It's in verse number three, if you still got your Bible open. He said, to begin with, you must know and understand this, that mockers are going to come in the last days <coughs> who walk after their own fleshly desires. They have no heart for God. And say, where is the promise of his coming? For since the forefathers fell asleep, all things have continued exactly as they did from the beginning of creation. Peter said in the last days, people will start saying, Jesus ain't coming back. He'll, he'll, he, he said, people will start saying, and, and, and I haven't physically heard anybody say that, but I can guarantee you the devil's saying it. Amen. The devil's saying, Jesus ain't coming back. Where's he at? You've heard about this all your life. Same thing they were dealing with, John. Amen. You've heard about this all a lot. He said, hey, he ain't coming back. We, we've been hearing this since the prophets of old, and everything has remained the same. There ain't no hurry. You got plenty of time. Is anybody in this house with me this morning? Hey, ain't no hurry. He's not coming back. He ain't come back in 2,000 years. What makes you think he's going to come back now? He said they're going to be mockers, and they're going to mock, mock the promise of God. They, they were mocking the promise of God. Are y'all with me? They were mocking. And he said, no, no, let me explain to you why Jesus hadn't come back. Have you ever wondered why? Why hadn't he come back? Well, Peter tells us right here in verse number nine. He said, the Lord does not delay. In a different translation, the Lord does not delay and he's not slow about his promise as some men count slackness, but he is patient towards you. Huh? Not wishing for any to perish, but for all to come to repentance. I want to read that same scripture out of a different translation. Listen, it says, contrary to man's perspective, the Lord is not late with his promise to return as some measure lateness, but rather his delay simply reveals his loving patience towards you because he does not want any to perish, but all to come to repentance. Peter is saying the only reason Jesus has not already come back is because he's so loving and he's so merciful and he's so long-suffering. It's because he don't want anyone to go to hell. I can prove to you by scripture there is an anticipation in Christ to, to return to get his church. It's, if, it's, it, it's almost as if Gabriel has licked his lips and put his mouth to the trumpet of God that's going to sound. Amen. And, and, and Jesus is standing in anticipation. But according to this scripture, God's saying, wait, wait, wait. Is anybody in here? God, our heavenly father is saying, wait, wait, wait. Amen. Don't go yet. I got this one that's going to go to hell. I got this child that's going to go to hell. Is anybody listening to me? And he's holding back Jesus. He's holding back the angels. God is sitting up there saying, not yet. Why? Because he loves the world. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. Son, and it's not his will for one to go to hell. I can hear the father saying, my son, 
paid too high a price to go too early. My son paid too high a price to give up on one soul. He said, uh, Peter said, I'm telling y'all why he hasn't come yet. He said in verse 15, he said, stop and consider the patience of our Lord. His delay in judging and avenging wrongs is salvation. That is, he's allowing more time for more to be saved. Amen. He said the only reason Jesus hadn't come yet is because the Father is allowing more time for more to be saved. I want to take time right here to say I think it is selfish for you to pray. I'm sorry if I'm too bold. I think it's selfish for you to pray come Lord Jesus because it's the mercy of God that has held him all of these years. Amen. Are you listening to me? Uh, I think it's selfish for you to say everything's good with me and I'll go to heaven. Amen. But you're neighbor's going to go to hell. A child may go to hell of yours. Amen. A loved one may go to hell of yours. I think it's awful selfish to be coming just to get you out of a little misery when God is looking at all eternity and he knows his children. Yeah, they may not be saved, but they are the children of God. They're the creation of God. Amen. Uh, and it would be almost like you casting one of your children in a lake of fire. No wonder God can be so long-suffering. Teddy can say, wait, wait another day, wait another year, wait another year. I don't know if God's going to wait another day, amen, but I come to remind you Jesus is coming, amen. Uh, I think it's selfish for us to pray, come Lord Jesus. Amen. Uh, when there's so, as a matter of fact, Dr. Simmons, who wrote the Passion Translation, actually teaches that according to first, second, uh, listen, according to Second Peter three and twelve, we can hasten the coming of Jesus by getting people saved. In other words, we shouldn't be praying for Jesus to come. We should be trying to get souls saved. He said, because if you want to hasten the coming of the Lord, all that God is waiting on is for another soul to be saved. It's for a another child to be called out of darkness into this marvelous light. I'm telling you, I want to turn this church on its heels. Amen. Thank God for all we do in here. Amen. But we owe it to Jesus to reach somebody. Amen. Because when Jesus comes, there's not another chance, Kobe. There's not another tomorrow. He said, he said, he said they didn't know until Noah entered into the ark and the door was shut. You hear me? That old man preached for 120 years. Can you imagine? Don't shut the door. I bet he didn't want the door to shut. Because surely he had friends out there. He had friends out there. But when God shut that big door, uh, amen, I wonder. Are y'all hearing me? I just wonder how that activity changed in that house when somebody said, what was that? Uh, we're going to hear a great trumpet sound. But then it was a great big door, a huge door. Amen. Uh, Helen, you saw that door. Amen. You was there, weren't you? Amen. He saw that door. Amen. And when it slammed shut, I just wonder how many grabbed kids. Amen. Uh, and somebody saying, well, what's your doctrine on kids? I think a child under the age of accountability is going to heaven with everybody else. But those that's got old enough to know the difference between right and wrong is anybody praying for me in this place, amen, when that door shut? Honey, we have got to go. We got to get the kids. Quit what you do. That that you couldn't quit last week, I guarantee you they quit now and said, make your way. Make your way to that church. <laughs> make your way to that 
ark. I don't even want to hear. I, I don't even want to imagine the sounds outside that ark. As the water, he said, they, they didn't know. They, they didn't realize it. They were so busy. They didn't realize until the floods came and swept them all away. So as Dr. Simmons teaches it, we shouldn't be praying, come Lord Jesus, amen. Because when that trumpet sounds, I don't get another opportunity to say, Father, forgive me. I don't get another opportunity to kneel at an altar when that trumpet sounds. No wonder my father, amen. I never could see God as a hatred God casting people into a lake of fire, amen, amen. And I want to submit to you, he'll never cast you in. If we get cast into a lake of fire, it'll be my own works that cast me in there. Not the heart of a loving father because he's standing at bay and he's got heaven at bay, amen, saying no, no. I got children out there and this is eternity and I'm a just God and when they stand before me I can only judge by what you've done <laughs> so wait one more day I wonder how many times he said that wait one more day wait one more day wait for one more soul Peter said no he's not slack concerning his promise. Amen. His delay is not out of procrastination. His delay is out of a love for a creation that he created. Amen. He's not slack on his promises of coming back. He's just a merciful father, not wanting anyone to go to hell. So we got God waiting. Amen. Amen. But in the midst of this, hear me now. Stay with me. Hear me now. In the midst of Peter explaining why people are procrastinating, in the middle of Peter explaining <coughs> why Jesus hadn't come yet, he said he had to throw it in there. Here's the heart of the Father. In verse 10, he said, but the day of the Lord will come. <laughs> Amen. He said he's holding as long as he can, but the day of the Lord will come like a thief in the night and the heavens are going to vanish with a roar and the elements are going to be destroyed with the intense heat and the earth and the works on it are all going to be burned up. He said in the first destruction, the whole earth was destroyed by water. He said, but in this one, it's going to burn with a fervent heat. It's going to be a fire so hot, the sun itself is going to melt out of the sky. Everything's going to burn, he said. And then the heart of a father says, since all these things are going to be destroyed, what kind of people are we, are we to be, he said. He's, remember, he's on his deathbed. He's been to die. He said, I'm just encouraging you. If all this stuff's going to happen, uh, what kind of people ought we to be? He said, living in holy behavior and in godliness. Peter said, yes, the Lord is suffering, long-suffering. He's patient. He's kind, but he's coming back. And if you're expecting him to come back, he said, you're life ought to reflect the godliness he requires because in a moment in a twinkling of an eye the trump of God will sound and Christ will appear in the clouds and the world will be thrown into total chaos stay with me just a few more minutes and Luke 17 says and I tell you these are Jesus' preaching I'm amazed at how much he preached on this stuff Jesus said I'll tell you in that night there shall be two in the bed the one shall be taken and the other one's going to be left he said two women shall be working side by side grinding at the meal together the one's 
going to be taken and the other one's going to be left. Two men shall be out in the field in the workplace working. Amen. The one shall be taken and the other left. He said, for as lightning comes out of the east and shines all the way to the west, so shall also the coming of the Son of Man be. Amen. I can t- <laughs> he, said, he said, in one instant, in one second, hear me this, this morning. I know you probably ain't never heard a sermon like this. We don't preach it anymore. But he said, I'll tell you, in one split second, the whole world is going to be thrown into chaos. It's going to be thrown into chaos. Because all of a sudden, people's going to vanish. Mamas are going to run to their baby's room and their babies are going to be gone. Amen. Husbands and wives are going to be laying in bed and the wife's going to be gone or the husband's going to be gone. She said, I tell you, I tell you it's coming. It's coming when I come back. Amen. This world is going to be thrown in total chaos. Amen. But I want to close with this. I can prove. And after that day, when that trump of God shall sound and the dead in Christ shall rise first and we are called up to meet the Lord in the air Paul penned these words he said then we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ that everyone may receive the things done in this body according to all he had done whether it be good or bad he said after that day come here Bliss after that day I want you to think about this before I change the. I'm just, as a father, I'm just stirring you up just as a remembrance of these are the words of Jesus. I don't believe in the doctrine of escapism. I believe we ought to be bringing the kingdom right here on earth. I'm not praying for him to come tomorrow. I've never prayed, come Lord Jesus. Because even if my whole family was saved, I love people too much to pray, come. But I'm going I'm to use a quote from another preacher. That with, with where this world is going, if God don't do something, he'll have to apologize. To Sodom and Gomorrah. And I'm kindly, I can kindly see that. That I don't know that we're, this old world ain't just catapulting into that same mindset. I can't stand here and tell you Jesus is coming today or tomorrow, but I can for sure tell you He could come today. He could come tomorrow. He could come next week. I don't know when he's come, but I want everybody to stand in this place. Right now, I'm finna give the most important altar call that you're ever gonna receive in all your life. And I hear me now, hear me now. I'm not just giving an altar call for sinners. I'm not saying you're a sinner. On your way to hell, I don't know where you at in your walk with God, and I ain't even gonna pretend to be with you. But I, God has got me opening up this altar for some of us who just needs to say, you know what? I got too busy. 
I'm so wrapped up in life. I, I just want all the spots, all the wrinkles out of my life. I just want to go while there's an invitation. I want to go when there's an opportunity. I want to go when there's an opportunity to make it right so that when he comes, Kenny, I'm ready. Come on, man. Come on. Come on, lady. Come on, sis. Come on, friend. Right now, I'm asking you as the father of this house, step out and come to this altar and say, Lord, renew the realization. God bless. This church is so awesome. Come on. Come on. Come on. My God, you ain't coming down here because the preacher scared you. You're coming down here because you realize that unforgiveness ain't worth taking the chance. That, 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 that continuing on in my busy lifestyle is not worth taking the chance. I want to be ready. I don't know if I should give you these instructions, but I'm going to tell you, don't you dare pray, come Lord Jesus. Don't you dare pray it. Don't you dare pray it. Josh, I don't believe we can pray and have the heart of God because God himself saying, I'm too merciful to come. It's a lack of mercy for us to pray that. But let us do pray that we become a bride that is so excited about the coming of her groom that we're our wedding days every day. Oh! Come on. Come on. Come on. My God, this is beautiful. This is beautiful. <laughs> Amen. I want you to stay there for a few minutes because I'm going to instruct you on some prayer. But just keep praying what you're praying for a few minutes. While the whole church is praying and Nobody's looking at you, which is which is praying. It can be intimidating in a body like this, but I, I, and I'm going to say it with every head bowed and every eye closed, and you just meditating on the Lord. Everybody's taking care of spots and wrinkles. We've all been reminded we got work to do on this earth, but yes, He is coming. But the day of the Lord will come. I want to ask you if you're standing out there still in prayer. Amen. And you said, Pastor, I, I don't know if I got the nerve to walk up there and all of this, but I, I want you to just pray with me. I'm not going to call you out. I'm not going to call your name. I just need you to, if you want me in prayer with you, that you know you're going to start moving towards getting spots out of your life. Come on, teenagers, young people. Amen. If you'll slip your hand up in the air right now and say, Pastor, you just pray for me. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. I don't even have to know your name. Yes, ma'am. Well, pray God help you not to forget. He is coming back. Yes, sir. I, I pray for you and I pray with you. That God has brought you here today just to remind us, I'm coming back. 
I'm not that preacher going to get up here and say, you may have a car wreck when you leave and you may die tomorrow. Amen. We know all that's true. We know all that's true, but I'm not even going to, I'm not, I'm not going to go there. I, I want to talk. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. I see you, man. No, no, it ain't about that. It's about God saying, I love you too much. Yes, ma'am. I love you too much. Then I'm going to hold back. And there's a lot of evil going on in this world, but I love you so much, I'm going to wait. I'm going to wait. God, that's so much to me, Tammy. Oh, I want to plead with you for just a minute. Y'all keep praying. I want to plead with you just a minute. Slow down. Slow down. You're too busy. You're too busy for what really matters. You ain't got to quit ball games. You got to quit raising kids. We ain't got to quit hanging out with friends. We We got to quit life. But we do got to slow down and get focused. And it's about Jesus, Russ. It's about Him. (laughs) And whether we're ready to go or not, even as church folks, Jesus, I don't know if I read the scripture a while ago, but the proof that He's ready, to He's excited. He said, He shall descend from heaven with a shout. He's going to shout. He's going to come with a shout. Yes! I'm finally united with the ones I love. <laughs> but I thought about it. If I was God, just being a little old earthly father, the court, uh, uh, Jennifer, it don't matter how good it is with me. And it don't matter how good it is with you, Josh. It don't matter how good it is with two of my kids. If one of my kids. You understand what I'm saying? It ain't good enough. It ain't good enough. If you got three or four kids and, 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 and the majority of them is all good. Amen. And, and, and one of them is not right with God. Ain't no way you can pray. Come Lord Jesus. That's the dilemma God's in. Because them people you hate, He loves. Yeah, those people that you say the judgment of God ought to fall on them and kill them dead. You know what? God said, that's my son. Because you know what? I was just like them people. So I'm banning life church from praying, come Lord Jesus. Don't pray it no more. This is what I want us to pray before we go. And my Lord, we're going to have to invite Stephen more often. It's 12.03 and I'm about done. (laughs) Stephen, people's going to be calling you uh, every week, brother. (laughs) This is what we are going to pray. I don't know if I buy in with Dr. Simmons. I don't know if I buy in, but he said we can literally hasten the coming of the Lord by getting the people saved. It makes sense. That's all God's waiting on. So we're finna pray that you and I can no longer be happy if we're not reaching souls. Are, are y'all committed with me? Huh? Hey Amen. I couldn't leave my insurance company yesterday without trying to find out something about them. I had to know. I had to know. I, I want us to be so adamant that we become a soul-reaching church. Can we pray that? And when we're going to dismiss, Father... Forgive us for ever being selfish about the coming of the Lord, but we know one day you will come. 
And I'm so sorry my heart has not been broken. Come on, somebody pray. I'm sorry my heart has not been broken for that one I walk by, that one I live by, that one I know, that one I work with, that one that I hunt with, that one I fish with. Oh my God, forgive us for not having a burden for them to be saved because eternity is forever and ever and ever and ever and there is a real hell and there is a real lake of fire and I don't want my worst enemy to spend eternity in hell. Come on, I need Life Church to go with me on this journey. So Father, we dedicate this body to you. We dedicate this church to you, oh Lord God, that we're going to quit being so introverted and we want to be soul searchers. We want to be, we want to seek to save like Jesus. We want to reach out like we never reached out before. Come on, just a few minutes. Would you please make a vow to God? I'm going to spend some time in praying for other people than myself. Would you, would you just say, Lord, give me, lay somebody on my heart to pray for. Lay them on my heart till I pray and pray and pray and break the chains off of them. Maybe we can be Abraham who stood on the mountain interceding and angels was dragging souls out of destruction. Maybe that can be us Fluky to where our prayers is lifting that angels going in and grabbing them by the hand and pull them out of destruction. Oh my, 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 my. Ain't he a loving father? What a God. What a God. Bull, I don't know how long he can wait. But from where I'm standing, I hope he waits another day. I hope he waits another day. But at a time, Brother Freddie, that only God himself knows. I thought it was so, so intriguing to me that Jesus literally said out of his own mouth, I don't even know. It's in the heart of the Father. And I don't know when it's going to be. But I'm telling you it's coming, Sister Mary, where God's going to say, go get them. Go get them. Thank you for listening to Life Church Podcast. For more information, go to lifechurchofcolumbia.org.